Jamie Nye, Andrew Romenda with you on a Monday afternoon here on the Green Zone. Hope everybody had a great weekend as the snow flies on the prairies today. The highway hotline. Uh, there was a text in saying Highway 7's uh, improved uh, near uh, Saskatoon. It still says high, uh, travel not recommended, but somebody that just drove it said it was okay. Maybe it's on one of those plows you can track down on the highway hotline. Uh, but uh, most other highways still reporting travel not recommended in and around Saskatoon. Uh, highways around Regina are much better as we're seeing less snow than they are in Saskatoon. Uh, but Drew Remenda. The city I of seen any. Oh, I thought you were. No, no, no. Oh, I know no, there's no. no I here. know there's no snow in San Jose. Okay, just just wanted to let you know. So, it's although there cloudy. has been, I know that. Never so often. Okay. Every so often, there's a random s- snow in the Bay Area, like <laughs> once every the, ten years. Way up in the mountains, yeah, yeah that counts. Just <laughs> okay. If I'm going to Tahoe. <laughs> Uh, but uh, Gary, the Gary Bettman's heading to Winnipeg, uh, yeah. the place you want to go in mid-February is Winnipeg, Manitoba. It's but that's where we're this time of year. going to now with Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Free Press. Um, he, last week it was an interview with Mark Chipman that sent off alarm bells. Now Gary's coming to town. Uh, first off, do you guys get to fire questions at Gary tomorrow, Mike? We do, Jamie. Uh, it's going to be a short, and I I suppose it'll be very sweet. Um, uh, time with the commissioner of only about a 15-minute window, apparently. He's got a very busy schedule. But, uh, yeah, media will get a chance to question him. And then what will be very interesting is he's actually having a, they're calling it a fireside chat with, uh, with Jets fans inside the arena about 90 minutes before puck drop against the St. Louis Blues tomorrow night. Now they are pre-screening the questions. You can imagine what would happen if they just passed a mic around. Um, so we'll see exactly what kind of questions are asked. It's supposed to be a 30-minute session with fans. Uh, so I guess all told, there's going to be about 45 minutes of, uh, of Q&As with the commissioner. And I'm very curious to see the tone that he takes here. Um, you know, I think he's got to stick handle this carefully. Uh, no doubt they want to... You know, shake some cages here, uh, uh, get get people's attention. But I think you know you also got to be careful to not have this completely backfire. And and just the way the message is presented will be very interesting to me. Now we all know Gary Bettman; he doesn't mind playing the villain. This is a guy that seems to almost thrive on getting booed in every market. You know, it's interesting, Jamie. Winnipeg's probably the, the maybe the only city that that doesn't really boo Gary Bettman because, of course. He's seen as the guy that helped get the NHL back here in 2011. Times have changed a little bit, so we'll see what the reception is tomorrow. How unsustainable is it right now, Mike, from what Mark Chipman said last week into what we're probably going to hear from Gary Bettman tomorrow? Well, look, I know a lot of people are, are certainly taking this as gloom and doom, and there's no doomsday on the horizon. There's no imminent threat of, of relocation or, or moving, but certainly there is concern about the long-term, you know, viability, sustainability of a Jets team that has seen its season ticket base go from, I mean, you look back to when the, the Jets returned in 2011, like they sold almost 14,000 season tickets 
in a matter of minutes. In addition to that, uh, they had a waiting list of like 8,000 people. And I believe they topped it at the time at 8,000, thinking, well, it's going to take forever to get through this waiting list. Fast forward now, uh, I guess 13 years later, that season ticket base, which was close to 14,000 and, of course, led to a decade of sellouts uh, in Winnipeg until the pandemic came along and, and really changed a lot of things. Uh, now it's down to 9,500. So they've lost, you know, over 3,500 season ticket holders. There is no longer any waiting list. And, you know, we're seeing attendance this year. The Jets average now is just a tick above 13,000. That means uh, in an arena that holds 15-3, like there's 2,300 empty seats on average. Space that out over the course of 41 games. That's a lot of revenue that's sitting on the table that perhaps in other markets they could get away with. In Winnipeg, smallest market in the league, a place where Gary Bettman back in 2011 said, if this is going to work long term, this place needs to be full. Um, it's no longer full. Um, and so that's what they're trying to get back to. Mark Chipman, the co-owner, says they got to get their season ticket base back up to about 13,000. So the mission is clear. Get another 3,500 season tickets sold. Um, you know, there's there's been no timeline uh, put forward here. I don't expect Gary Bettman's going to, you know, set a, a an ultimatum kind of drop dead date tomorrow. But I imagine he's going to get some alarm bells ringing. And Jamie, what's really interesting is I think a lot of this is aimed at the corporate community, not so much Joe and Jane public. The Jets have just 15 percent, we're told, uh, oh. corporate season ticket holders. And that is far and away the lowest in all NHL markets in this country. There are places that have upwards of 50-60% corporate support. Toronto, I'm sure, would be up there. Um, and so that means that 85% of ticket sales in Winnipeg are just regular folks. And, you know, we know what happened with the pandemic and the economy, cost of living. That's a tough ask. And so I think a lot of what this is uh, geared towards with Mark Chipman speaking and Gary Bettman coming is really designed at trying to get some corporate entities to maybe open their wallets a little more. Yeah, because the recipe is you win, they come. Simple as that. You win games like the Jets are. They won 14 of their last 19, I think it is. They are a good, good hockey team. They are a team that will challenge for a, a long stay in the Stanley Cup playoffs. That used to be the recipe. But we were the Sharks, we were there just a couple of weeks ago, and it was a good crowd, but not the usual crowd that you see. So no. when Mr. Bettman comes and talks to the to the fans to shake the cage, so to speak, I, I mean, he's already preaching to the converted, isn't he? <laughs> he is, and that's why I think a lot of what he's going to be doing tomorrow is meeting privately with uh, some sponsors, some uh, some you know large business owners in town. And I imagine you know the, the goal here is to not convert people that are already investing in the product, but to try and convince some that aren't. And that's one thing Mark Chipman has, in fact, talked about is he himself, the owner, is working the phones these days, reaching out to former ticket holders or people that aren't ticket holders to find out, you know, what do we need to do? Um, I, I thought there was a really interesting line the owner had last week in his uh, piece with Chris Johnson of The Athletic. He said, look, for the first decade here, we didn't need to be a sales organization, and they didn't. I mean, the, the right. tickets were right. sold. Uh, he said we were a service organization, and we weren't very good at it. 
And, I mean, that to me is a big step. They're admitting that they've perhaps taken this market for granted a little bit. And and it's hard to blame them. I mean, again, given the way things were, um, they didn't have to do a whole lot of work. Well, now there's a lot of heavy lifting required. And one thing, uh, Drew, to your point, I mean, the Jets on the ice are certainly doing their part this year. And I'll say this, I mean, there's some reason for optimism here. The, the Jets' overall average this year is just over 13,000. That's actually brought down by the first half of the year, I think, when people were still waiting to see what this team was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but since since Christmas, the Jets have played 11 home games. They're now averaging almost 14-4. Uh, and again, their season average is just over 13. So they were drawing crowds in the 11s and the 12s early in the year. Um, they've had four sellouts in their last 11. They had a great crowd last night against the Arizona Coyotes. Not a very good team. Not a big draw in this market, that's for sure. And, you know, they, they were 900 short of a sellout, which is pretty good considering, you know, way above their season average. I think as the Jets have really, you know, proven to be one of the better teams in the league this year, they are winning some fans over when it comes to, like, walk-ups. But at the end of the day, they still only have a season ticket base of 9,500. And that's just not sustainable. You're putting way too much emphasis on on that walk-up crowd. And what happens when the team is not playing well, um, you know, and, th- and that's inevitably going to happen. Like, you want to obviously firm up that foundation so that you're not kind of living and dying with every game or every season and, and the quality of your team determining whether you have a future or not. Well, uh, Mike, before we, let's talk about the team itself, outside of the noise being uh, had there. Uh, point back of the Dallas Stars. Everybody's talking about Austin Matthews and Nikita Kucherov. How much play should Connor Hellebuck be getting with 133 goals against for Hart Trophy winner? Scary good. Yeah, I mean, he absolutely should. Uh, the Jets are the best defensive team in the NHL. You know, even the standings are a little misleading. Uh, I think the Jets are fifth or sixth in actual points. They've played less games than most other teams. If you actually look, the Jets are number one in the Central in terms of uh, point percentage. They're number one in the West in point percentage, and they are number two in the entire NHL, only a tick behind the Florida Panthers. Uh, now, that means you got to you know, potentially win some games in hand. But, I mean, the Jets are right there in the hunt for the President's Trophy as best team in the NHL. And Connor Hellebuck is, uh, I would say, the number one reason uh, this is a Jets team that over the last month or so, the offense has largely dried up until the last few games. The power play was non-existent. Like they were winning games because of defense and goaltending. And Connor Hellebuck is, you know, he's a guy who's three times been nominated for the Vesna. I don't think I'm going out on a limb when I say he's going to have a fourth nomination this year. And barring something really surprising happening in the last third of the season, there's a good chance he's going to win his second Vesna trophy, but I, I would expect that uh, he's probably going to be on some Hart trophy ballots as well. I'm not saying he's going to win the Hart trophy, but uh, you could make a very convincing argument that the season Connor Hellebuck is having uh, makes him among the most valuable players to his team than any other in the league. Well, Mike, appreciate your time. Enjoy your 15 minutes with Gary Bettman tomorrow. I know it won't be all with Mike McIntyre, but... Enjoy, enjoy that 15-minute window. You bet. Take care. That is uh, Mike McIntyre, Winnipeg uh, Free Press, uh, covering the Jets. As Yeah, that'll be a, that might be a 15-minute um, 
filibuster by Gary Bettman. It's like, there, thanks for the question. Time's up. See you later. And yeah, away he, he goes. Mr. Bettman. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm also interested in this, the fireside chat with ticket holders in the arena 90 minutes before puck drop with pre-approved that, questions. Well, yeah, yeah, you got to You got to have pre-approved. Ah, come on. You know, let him have it. It's going to be. Gary can take it. We know that. Mr. Bettman is not a guy that shies away from debate. First question. Hi, I'm Jerry from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Mr. Bettman, thank you, you for bringing the your own team questions here. First. They don't give you the questions to ask. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry, I might be a little cynical. This is 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie Niger, Amanda with you here on the Green Zone. An eventful Sunday in Chicago. You had Chris Chelios night. They retire number seven. He proclaims that a Patrick Kane will be the greatest American hockey player ever as Kane returns to Chicago and gets a huge ovation. He skated around the rink three times because they wouldn't sit down. Um, Connor Bedard awesome. tried to end Patrick Kane's career in the corner. Um, which Kane joked that he's lucky dirty. he's got the uh, bubble on or so I would have chased him yeah, down. Exactly. Dirty, Overtime dirty. winner by Patrick Kane as well in that game, but the most memorable moment, Drew Remenda, in my opinion, came when Cindy Crawford hit the middle of the net from center ice. Didn't have that on your bingo card, did you? Nope. Nope. <laughs> so um, Chris Jelios is very close to the uh, to Cindy Crawford and her husband, uh, I think it's Randy Gerby, I think his name is. Randy's a um, um, liquor guy. He, he's all kinds of things, but I think it's a – the relationship was, uh, they've been known each other for a long time, but I did not have Cindy sniping it right in the middle of the net from center ice. Yeah. Mr. T did it in <laughs> Chicago a few years ago too, yeah, didn't he? I, we, we, were, I, I, we were there, if I remember correctly. Was that the one that we were there? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Did they have it rigged we were, up or something? Like, what is going on there with the celebrity we were, shots? We were there too. This is years and years ago when Kelsey Grammer came out on the ice and went ass over tea kettle like he slipped in the first three steps and slammed his head so hard i thought he died it was oh my god and boom down he went and then he was helped off and but he obviously he's fine but it was it was one of those ones where you just go no you don't even want to see it but chicago's pretty it's it's the one of the coolest places to go watch a hockey game from the national anthem on doesn't matter if they're winning or losing but last yesterday was packed and the goal patrick was so far gone it was ridiculous he turned i thought it was a penalty shot when i saw the highlights <laughs> to bring it to bring it with the pass they had oh never mind i'm not going to talk about panarin and to bring it but what a what a what a finish yes it was a heck of a hockey game yesterday I'm Jamie Nye. He's Drew Remenda. This is the Green Zone on a blustery Monday afternoon in Saskatchewan. And we're, we're starting to see highways improve this afternoon in and around Saskatoon. Highway 11 was travel not recommended uh, from Saskatoon all the way down till the uh, turn off to Highway 2. 
part of that section, Davidson to Chamberlain Highway, is uh, travel not recommended. Uh, but between Davidson and Dundurn, a plow just went through there, actually. It is winter driving conditions. Um, but most area highways still around Saskatoon. Improving, but Highway Hotline says travel not recommended uh, today. Each and every Monday here in the Green Zone, we turn the show over to you. Some open line time, one 332 8255 for the fan-free for all. And what you have to do is get on the phone lines to participate. The Green Zone. It's your phone call. 877-332-8255. We're going to show them a real good time. Don't hold nothing back. This is it. The fan-free for all. Okay, Drew Romanda, on the uh, fan free for all. Of course, it's open line. Anything goes. Whatever you'd like to discuss, uh, whether it be Jennifer Jones, Rachel Holman, head to head at the Scotties Tournament of Hearts, uh, getting ready for the Briar. Something that happened in the National Hockey League over the weekend. Maybe you're enthralled that Caleb Williams will not throw at the combine uh, for the National Football League, as it's that time of year. He's going to throw at his pro day, though. Uh, so the the first overall pick, maybe first overall pick to the Chicago Bears, won't throw at the pro day. Do you know why? No, I don't, as a matter of fact. Because it's uncontrolled, right? Oh. At a pro day, it's all you you have your whole thing scheduled with the receivers you throw to all the time. It's in your facility and you can show off all your strengths and you don't want to run through the piddly drills they do at the combine uh, for all the other guys who are trying to get drafted in the sixth round. No, you're too good for that. I'll wait for the pro day. Thank you very much uh, for Caleb Williams. But they all do. Most quarterbacks who are that highly ranked, unless they want to prove something, are only throwing on their pro days rather than at the uh, NFL combine. (laughs) NHL combine. I'm not going to shoot until my pro day. (laughs) I'm not going to shoot. I'm fat. I'm not going to shoot the puck at all. I'm not even going to handle the puck until my pro day. The NF. Oh, I'm Lord. sorry. The NHL combine seems yeah. a little silly to me. What do you think? <laughs> like, part? We see the tape. It's similar to football too. We see the tape. We know where you're good. We are your bad. All the compete period. drills. Yeah. We can't really replicate that. In an environment, but football, you can replicate it a little bit more on we're going to run this coverage and these receivers are running this route tree like you'd have on option plays on the football field. Now, there's no pads and everything else, so it's not it, but I don't know, whatever. You, how long can you I'm ride sorry, the bike the for? Combine... Let me see how this goes for the NHL. Well, hey, you ride that's the bike. Hard to do. Hey, the, the whole thing to me, the NFL has done what? only the NFL can do, which is make it a TV event. And that's what, that's what it's become. It's become a TV event. Like I said, it's called the, down here, it's called the underwear Olympics. And, and they all get in their tight shorts and their, and their, and their cut off shirt sleeves, sun's out, guns out. And then they, they do their thing. And then Rich Eisen runs the, uh, the, the yeah, 40 for charity. And yeah. He's for charity, for charity. For, yep. I think it's St. Jude hospital. If I remember correctly, which is great charity, and it becomes that's it's an event now. I should uh, get involved with the CFL combine. We should do something should. for charity with stretch the, uh, again. Stretch first. I'll pop an Achilles Please. twenty yards in, um, or I can just race yeah. dunk again and beat him and put him to he, shame one more time in his life. By the way, speaking of Achilles, 
Mm-hmm. You didn't you didn't respond to my other silent killer email they sent you. Oh, the crocodile at the golf course? How'd you like that? Yeah, hey, no, no alligator. Thanks. Gator attack on the golf course. I golfed in Florida once and it, it <laughs> no more than once. I lied. That's a lie. I've golfed in Florida a couple of times. Uh but um yeah. I I wouldn't go near it, the water. I wouldn't. Because there's signs. Don't go near the water. Crocodile, alligator, whatever the heck they are down there. Uh, someone will text me and say, they're alligators or they're crocodiles. I don't know. One has teeth come them coming out. One doesn't. That's the difference. One but, likes the water. One likes the water. One can survive on the on the, on the, uh, the beach in the dirt. I would take the ball retriever. It's, uh, it's on grass. The ball's on grass. Because I'm, I'm, I see the warning signs. Okay. I don't want to die telling you, that way at all. Tech. So yeah. I see my ball. It's not in the water, but it's three inches from the water. I'm just going to use the ball retriever, bring that back over to the fairway. Thank you very much. We used to stay in, when Florida played in whatever building it was, we stayed in a Sheraton, which was connected to the world's saddest mall. And so when you went to the gym, it was, it was so sad. When you went to the gym and Andy Sutton didn't play much back then, he and I would walk over to the gym. It was a nice gym there. We had to walk to it a little bit. And you went where, where they've got the, the water right down the middle of the road, right down in the, in the, in the drainage or whatever it is. We saw gators all the time, all the time. Like, oh, there's one right there. And then when you're driving, when you're driving in Florida, mm-hmm. all you see. It's awesome. It's, um, awesome. If, as long as you're not out of the car. Uh, driving to, when we were down to Disney World, we were driving to yeah. Cape Canaveral to see the SpaceX launch, which was still one of the coolest things ever, is to see something get launched into space, which I saw live. And the sonic boom when it comes back down was, it's like, this is landing 10 kilometers away. And you hear, boom, boom. Like, it's the cannons going off right next to you. Unreal. Do it if you're ever down there and there's a space launch. But anyways, you were driving down and there's the highway and there's water. It's mm-hmm. swamp ish and Fenced. it's like hey there's a gator there and then and further down the road <laughs> showing the kids there's one right there it's like they're deer yes yeah hanging out all in the over ditch. the place all over the place yeah anyways if you're in florida don't go near the water uh that is uh, my advice unless you're the ocean is but fresh one. yeah sharks but sharks gator free uh chad <laughs> Do you have a bee in your bonnet about NFL future bets already, Chad? What's going on? Yeah, like what is going on is right. <laughs> how how are the San Francisco 49ers favored over the the absolute worst roster in Mahomes era? They they were rebuilding for two years. They won two Super Bowls during the rebuild. Like their roster is there's no way the Chiefs roster is gonna be worse next year. No way. But the Niners will be well, they'll be older. They're already an old team. There's no way. So anyways, I figured because I can't I'll go crazy because it's off-season. I'm going to call in every week. I'll give you guys a hot take. <laughs> maybe on an angle, you know, maybe a gambling angle, but maybe not. How much is it? Like, when you're when you're doing future bets, isn't that like a sucker's bet as far as? No. Like how, it's, it, actually, Drew, it's, 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 it's fascinating. It's like a stock market. Right? Like a, a team wins a couple games, they go down, their odds go down. But then, Is that right? I gave Jamie the one on the the, the, um, the Bills. Not that I wanted to thought the Bills could win the Super Bowl, but when they were 6-6 six and six last year, and you look at their schedule, knowing that last year the season they're playing the Dolphins, they own the Dolphins, they're going to win that game and give them their sixth loss. 
win the division, have home playoff games, and I got like twenty-one to one for the Bills to win the Super Bowl at six and six after through the year. That was great value. It didn't okay. hit, but the value was great. Yeah, okay, but as I say during then because you're you're able to get a read, especially you. But like now, they're not. You're not betting now, right? Uh, my first bet on the Chiefs was on February the sixth at uh, let me see here at two two o five p.m. to win next year's Super Bowl. If they let me, yeah, because it's, okay. it's not going to get any better. They're six hundred right now. Oh, I got them at seven. They're already down to six. There's nowhere during the season unless like Jones and like three or four of those free agents all walk, then maybe you'll get nine or ten to one or something. But right, this is about as good as you're going to get now, and you just you got to sit on it like anything. See, Chad, I'm with you. When I saw the uh, the the bets came out or the odds came out on futures for the Super Bowl for next year, I was like, wait, what? The Chiefs aren't the favorite after what they just did this season. Aren't they like, like are these? This is a young defense to de- get- developing and. and that you see, you're going to see better receivers than you got this year. Rashi Rice is already there. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco's going into his third year, like he's just getting into his prime with the Chiefs. And I'm thinking, what? The 49ers led by business? Brock Purdy are better than the Kansas City Chiefs? I don't. Are they just trying to drum up business and and get people Maybe. to bet? Maybe that's probably what it is. Uh, that's probably what it is, right? That's what probably. I'd I'm assume so. I'm cheap. I'm glad I'm cheap. Okay. It's, I don't have to worry about that. Coming up next here on the Green Zone, I need to get I need to get something off my chest. It's the newest, the hottest player in hockey, Matt Rempe. Sorry, I'm not buying it on the newest favorite son of New York and the Rangers. Three fights in five games has impressed many. Not this guy. That's next on 980-CJME and 650-CKOM. I'm Jamie Nye. He's Drew Amenda. Thanks for joining us on the Green Zone on this Monday. Matt Rempe has started to get a name for himself. He was the bench interview with Emily Kaplan uh, after uh, the uh, game against the Philadelphia Flyers in which he got in a fight and he scored a goal. Um, He's got two points in five games. He's got three fights in five games, and in three of those games, he has more penalty minutes than he does actual time on ice. Um, New York is in love with their new enforcer. He's fully embraced uh, Ryan Reeves' mantra of make the NHL violent again, and I'm sorry I'm not that impressed. Yeah, he's a big guy. He's a big dude, 6'8", but if this is... His only game. It was a good. It was a good goal. His first NHL goal. Good goal. But if this is all he's got, um, here's his 15 minutes of fame. Because I don't think he's sticking around the National Hockey League. Because if you can only produce five minutes a night and get in fights, it's the new NHL, babe. It is no time. Not a lot of time for that. How Ryan Reeves, other than he's a good guy in the locker room, still gets the ice time he does in Toronto baffles me. Um, but he he's the New York Ryan Reeves right now is Matt Rempe. Well, he's younger and faster. Like he he can skate and he's younger and faster and bigger and maybe stronger. But those guys are still in demand across the National Hockey League. You still need your big SOBs to scare the hell out of the other team sometimes. Now, yesterday's or Saturday's game, 
He didn't have a choice. Delorier and warm-up, as Rempe was stretching at center ice, Delorier warm-up came over and bent over him, talked his ear off for a while, and basically said, you know, okay, we got to go. Now, Delorier is one tough son of a gun as well. Yeah, but that's to me an enforcer saying, hey, I have to show what my yeah. worth is here by taking on the yeah. new hotshot guy who's yeah. big and strong. I'm like, what's yeah. really? What's yes. the point of that? It's three minutes into the a hockey game. Is, like, point come on. Your, Congratulations for your... punching a guy in the face. You should keep your job in the National Hockey League, Delorier. Yeah, because what that does on the bench, Jamie, what that does with your team, what that does in the room, it can't be quantified. It's a huge, huge boost for a team. It is. I, 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 I can't explain it because I've never been in the National Hockey League to drop the gloves with somebody and see what it does in the room. But I know from being in the room as a coach what Link Gates meant to our team when Link was on his game. I know what, what it meant. I, I know what it meant when Dave Maley dropped the gloves, and Dave Maley was not exa- exactly a heavyweight. And I know what happened when – Back in the day, we played Vancouver, and Vancouver ran us out of the freaking building because they were big and strong, and Sergio Momesa was running everywhere. But when we had Link out there, and he fought Kordic, I saw what our guys did. Jeff Rogers, those guys, those guys still matter in the NHL. And if Rempe plays zero games, he still played five more than I did in the National Hockey League. So I, I don't dismiss it because there is something there that matters to the team. Organically? Absolutely. I, I, I believe, you know, I believe in that. An organic fight, boom, it's a physical game. Things are going down yeah, second, third period. But three minutes in, one enforcer talking to another enforcer to go, hey, let's go. I don't believe that really charged up the Flyers and the Rangers to play better hockey. I, I don't believe it. Did you hear the crowd? Like the crowd lost their well, well, minds. Yeah, people like one. fighting. I don't. Old school. I'm, I'm not well, burying my head in the sand go. that people don't Boom. like fighting, but so I, I'm just at the point of going. Wow, Matt Rempe is getting headlines because he fought three times in his first five games. It's not going to keep him around the league very long, goal. in my opinion. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. Six eight can't teach size. You can't coach size. And and if you're playing five minutes, you want a fourth line grinder who's who's six feet, hundred and eighty-five pounds and just goes up and down his wing, or do you want somebody that strikes a little fear into the hearts of opposition who's your nuclear deterrent on the bench? A lot of a lot of GMs still like that nuclear deterrent. Jamie and I drew Remenda. Your thoughts at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. 